Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Wardell joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how you doing? I mean, <laughs> we have, we have <laughs> my own my own injuries aside, we have real football this week, Chris. Yeah. College football. What Co- college football, absolutely. We it's a uh, a decent slate of games. No top twenty fives on the on the the docket this week, but a decent slate of games. Great to have college football back. We've got, there's a ton going on. I've got BovadaSportsbook.com open in front of me. We're going to look at a lot of that college football stuff and, and plenty more than that. But before we get into that, I want to tell you, because, uh, you know, you and I mentioned this a little bit last week, but I watched my first film today since I, since I moved Gregory and, uh, and it was it was nice to get back into it. It was a it was a little short, little short film. Uh, I had never seen it before in its entirety. Uh, it was called Threat Level Midnight. What? I'm confused. Like the episode? No, or? there's an actual film, an actual 24 minute film, and it's available on YouTube for everyone to see. Is it just the scenes cut together? Or nah, is there's it... way more. Huh. There is way I did more. not. Know, I did not know about this. Really fleshes out some of the characters. <laughs> oh, I can. I can only imagine. <laughs> we know. Uh, we know why Goldenface was uh, was trying to kill Michael. We know just plenty more about everybody. It's. I learned a lot, and it was it was good to get back into well, watching movies. Well, it, it is funny that you even mentioned that because I've just randomly started watching The Office during the day. Mm-hmm. Um. I just started at season one and just have been letting it fly. It's just so it's just so funny and so dumb. It's it's the best. It's the absolute best. Yes, yeah, season one is basically a carbon copy of the UK season one. Don't care about the UK one. I hate people that tell me how good the UK one is. I watched the first episode once and I was like, this is. This I think is I think it's good. I don't love it, but it is absolutely a carbon copy. And even even uh, Jim, even uh, John Krasinski. It was a carbon copy of a casting choice. He, I, it's shocking how much he looks like a young Martin Freeman. They look incredibly similar in their roles. Obviously, aged a little bit differently, but yeah, I don't know. It was a uh, Office is an, is a great show. I don't know that I'm. I don't. I don't know. It's been a while since I've gone through it, and I'm. I'm not jumping back into it. Well, I mean, it's literally just one of those things that's kind of just like mindlessly on. You know mm. what I mean? Like, I don't have to sit there and pay attention. I mean, I'm obviously working and things like that. But so just like having it on in the background, it's one of those shows. There's a few shows that I can do that with. Like Always Sunny's one. Workaholics is one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Office is one. The League is another one. The League is very underrated. Very funny. Oh, for sure. The League yeah. is tough to just casually watch because you, well, you start a- paying attention. Well, it's that. And it's very hard because like there's just so many references mm-hmm. to like old players like why is Josh Cribbs here? Yeah. Like, I'm, like I get why Josh Cribbs was there in 2013 or 12 or whatever year Josh Cribbs was on the league. Like I fully get that. But it, like looking back on it, you're like Josh Cribbs was good for like three years. What what happened here? Three uh, years might even be generous. Outstanding return guy's entire career, but but yes, he was he was never a a absolute superstar at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, I've been, I, I, you know, I may go to sleep watching TV shows guy for a long time, you know, the office and parks and rec and, um, and, uh, whatever, whatever we're watching, uh, the, and I don't know, something else that I'm forgetting. We're forever in that rotation. Uh, 30 rock was in that rotation for me. Then I went and I watched the entire season, the entire um, show of uh, Impractical Jokers all over. Wow! And now I'm I'm rewatching MythBusters for the second time. Wow! I mean, that is. I feel like MythBusters is a show you kind of have to, like, be into a little bit. Yeah, you you think so? But I think the nice thing about that 
is the shows that are hard to watch when you're going to sleep are the shows with, like with loud action and stuff like that when suddenly there's gunfire or something that that jolts your attention it's pretty pretty even keel the whole time as a matter of fact there is a uh, there's a myth mythbusters auction going on right now to uh to benefit the grant and mahara steam foundation obviously grant uh yeah. passed away of a brain aneurysm a couple of years ago and uh i'm telling i'm trying to pick up uh, i'm trying to pick up one of the blueprints mm, interesting yeah, I'm pretty i don't have the cash like that but oh but you can buy t- 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 10 trees on a whim oh yes that i can buy i can pay urgent care bills i can afford a waterproof cast for my arm only an additional $25 in case you were Is wondering. that true? That's a great deal. If anybody, yeah. If, apparently insurance doesn't cover waterproof casts. Uh, they only cover the regular ones. But uh, if you want a waterproof one, you slide that, slide that credit card in for that extra $25. They'll, uh, they'll hook you up with the pink waterproof cast. Who, so. in, who in the world would not spend $25 to get a waterproof cast? I don't know that when they all when they were like, "Hey, it's but it is twenty five I was like, "I don't care. It could have been a hundred and twenty five dollars. Oh, for sure. You mean I don't have to cover my arm in a plastic bag to take a shower? Like, yeah, uh, I'm good, man. Let me, give me the. I'll, I'll give you the twenty five. No, the issue is that... going to be when they force me to pay it a second time. Uh, if I have to get the cast put back on after four weeks, that's where I'm going to be like, I hate you. <laughs> It's not their fault, Gregory. It's not their fault. It might fault. be. No, you're right. It's my fault. It's my fault for wearing old sneakers. My fault for not just stopping mid-game when I noticed the bottom of my shoe was starting to fall off. Oh, it's I didn't even fault. know that part. You're absolutely right. Well, it wasn't re- like I could just kind of feel that it was weird. I didn't really get a chance to look at it. You know, high-paced men's league pickup games. Uh, oh, sure, sure. The, the, it's it's fast, fast action of checking the ball up top um, on yeah. most possessions. But... You make uh, basketball just, sound sexy, Greg. I, I, listen, it's just one of those things. And then coming down, losing my balance, and just looking. like it, I, I can honestly probably never go back and play with these guys again. Which stinks, because I was having fun, right? Like, I was enjoying myself. I hadn't played a competitive basketball game arguably two and a half, three years prior to COVID. There was kids. There, you know, just didn't have time to go out and play on a regular basis. Got invited. Cool, let's go play. And then this happens. And, like, I played it off. Nobody there except, well, I'm sure they know now because I told um, the person who invited me what happened. Mm-hmm. But, like, like I broke my arm and continued to play. Just played through it. As soon as that game finished, there was an extra person, so I let them sub into the game. And I went on my merry way home to ice my arm with a bag of frozen peas. <laughs> but, but, like, I don't think I can... I, this is the first time I've met these people. I knew them for an hour and 25 minutes. My shoe fell apart. Wait, uh, how did you end up playing in this game? Uh, the person who invited me is um, my wife's cousin. So okay. he plays every week. And my wife had mentioned, because she had played in the league this summer, and then he's like, oh, I play every Thursday. Like, we always look for guys. Greg, want to play? He texted me. I wavered back and forth. I went and checked, found shoes. Very old shoes, mind you. Don't wear old shoes to play basketball. Very <laughs> unsafe. Um, but yeah. And it did. But now, like, I'm just going to not show up for four weeks, and then when this arm's healed, just roll back in like, hey, guys, the last time you saw me, I broke my arm in front of you, and I looked like an idiot shooting a jump shot because my shoe fell apart. What's good? I, can't I mean, do who that. cares? Get over yourself. Just go have I, fun. Chris, I am a basket case when it comes to everything. Well, really everything. But anything that involves other people or other people's thoughts and potential opinions that they probably don't even really have. Well, no, that's the thing. And I think this is this is a, a weird turn that the show has taken. But I think, <laughs> it's a, I think it's a valuable conversation to have. And, you know, I, I people get self-conscious. Everyone gets self-conscious. God knows I get self-conscious. But the one thing that I think we really need to remember, and it is fundamentally true regardless of who you are or what you're doing people don't think about you nearly as much as we think they do like yes there you you had an unfortunate accident in front of in front of these people i doubt anyone's really thought about it past that first night or that next day and if you were to show up they'd be like oh hey look greg's back i think about people constantly 
I don't know what planet you live on. <laughs> I constantly think about people. This is this is what I I just I, that, so when I constantly think about people, it means that I think that people constantly think about dumb things that happen, which is what I do. I focus on dumb things that happen that I see that, that people who've probably done these dumb things don't think about ever. No, but I think about them all the time. So they definitely think about me. Or, or you're you're an outlier. I'm, all of a sudden, I'm Malcolm Gladwell. Is that what we're saying? Uh, I, if you want to start talking with strangers, you certainly could. Oh, God, no. That's my like biggest fear. <laughs> Would you say you're David or Goliath? Who's Is there a guy that was just in his own house looking out the window at David versus Goliath? <laughs> that's me. Thinking, that about, thinking about how dumb Goliath looked after all of it. Yeah, pretty much. That would probably be it. Yeah, yeah. I, talking to strangers is a nightmare. What are we doing? I'd be terrified. I literally talk to strangers for a living. Well, I mean, sure. But, <laughs> but, but part of it is, part of it is, like, yeah, you have a purpose to talk to strangers. I think, mm-hmm. I think the part, like, I, I, I used to do that when I worked for said cell phone carrier. I talked yeah. to random people every single day. That was my job. But then, when I moved to Oregon, and every stranger in the world wanted to talk to you about everything, mm-hmm. that's when I was like, oh yeah, this isn't for me. I'm good. Give me the, the cold-hearted East Coast attitude. That's, that's what we want. See, you know I'm on the complete opposite end of that spectrum. I literally... One of the greatest things about creating the site, creating the podcast, and all of that is I'm like, oh, wow, I have an excuse to go just reach out to random people who I want to talk to and have legitimate conversations with them. That's so, that, that is so much fun. I mean, sure, I, I'm on, I, I have a podcast with you, someone I've known for well over a decade, oh, if not two way decades. More. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, closer to two decades. God, we are old. Um, yeah. But, and then another podcast... That is literally three people who I've known for their entire lives. And then occasionally a guy who I've known for 15 plus years. So that yeah, really probably he's, closer he's to He's the newcomer. Years. Yeah. It's so, so no new friends. I don't know what that's from. It's a motto from something. But no new friends. That's, oh, that's how we do man. this. I, I love it. It's just, I, it's so much fun. I, look, don't get me wrong. Every every person I have to talk to is not a fun person I have to talk to. Sometimes that sometimes you get you get stuck doing stuff with people. But I find like a lot of them just turn into super fun conversations and you find that you have weird stuff in common that you wouldn't have expected. Uh one of my favorite one of my favorite people, and you're not gonna know the name, but it's a, a singer by the name of Nick Nanjiani. Nick is uh he he's the lead singer for a group called Yacht Rock Review. And I, you know, I got pitched him and I was like, eh, whatever, I guess I'm not super familiar with them. But then I listened to their music and I'm like, all right, this is pretty good. Uh, I'm into this. And then we had a super fun time just like BSing and talking about music and talking about he's a big Packers fan. It's just that exploration of another person is super, is fascinating. Yeah, no, I could see how, I could see how that's entertaining. And like, but then when I try things like this. Literally, this happened today, right? So I had a phone call scheduled with someone. They happened to live and be located in the town in Oregon where my last cell phone store was. Okay. So I drove past the place that they work almost daily, right? To and from work. I know exactly where they, they work. I know like I know exactly where it is. I brought this up today on this phone call. Me and them, that's it, two people. I said, oh, you know, it's funny. I realized that you work at X place, mm-hmm. and it's in this. It's weird. I live in Pennsylvania, but I used to work in Albany, Oregon. How random. And it was just shut down city. Like, just, this is, <laughs> this is what happens. You just have to this, be open and put yourself out there. I guess. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I can be that way. I, I just can't. Unless, unless we're looking, unless you're like, Hey, I'm walking up to you on the side of the street, and you look at me, and you're like, "You're like, hey, what are the Eagles Week One on Bovada? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't looked at the line yet, but I can at least get into that conversation. Not just getting completely shut down, like just getting completely shut down by these people. It's like the time, oh, dude. I worked mm-hmm. in this store in Albany, Oregon. 
One day, dude comes in, South Philly accent. The southest of Philly accents you could possibly have. Never what I would ever expect while working at a cell phone store in Albany, Oregon. This guy, it turns out, was the brother of one of my mom's best friends. Yeah. He lives in Albany, Oregon. Happened to find out that I live, well, work in Albany, Oregon, and then spent like the next 25 minutes talking. Never met this guy, don't know him from anybody, but here I am talking to him like we're standing outside a veteran stadium. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, like, even that small talk makes me uncomfortable. There's not, like, it's just, I, I, yeah, I, I, I like being left alone. That's it. Look, not every interaction is a great one. I, I, you know, just staying with musicians, I, you know, Nick, I talked about how great Nick was. I also had, I also got a, I got pitched an artist, a country music artist by the name of Jordan Davis. And Jordan's actually grown to a, a singer of some renown over these past years since, since he and I spoke last. Had a good time with Jordan. Uh, I, I think maybe, no, he's a Falcons fan. Uh, enjoyed it. You know, we're like, hey, let's, you know, catch up. Let's do this again. Then Jordan's like, I would say like four or five months later, Jordan's people reach out to me. They're like, hey, man, Jordan had a really good time. Can you come back on the show? I was like, of course, that'll be great. So I, I wrote all the questions up. I got I got the like the outline done. And then he stood me up and just didn't answer the phone. <laughs> so like, look, it happens. Sometimes it happens. But uh, you, we live, we move on. And uh, like he said, we see we see what the lineup, the Eagles lineup of Vada is, and we just talk about that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, I, I that's uh, you know how frustrated I would be at that. Like, oh, I, I, I was pretty frustrated. Yeah, anytime, I'd be anytime I put in the work to to make sure, because you know you can't. It's one thing to be like, oh yeah, we're just having a conversation. That can go catastrophically wrong. So you have to have fallback questions. And whether or not you use those questions or use more than a couple of those questions, that's a completely different story. But you need to have fallback questions in case, one, this person's being very short, they're not being conversational, or they're just not having a good day. So when I do that, and when I take a couple hours to do the research and dig into stuff, and then that happens, oh, that pisses me off. I mean, I, it's, that's infuriating. But you talk about having to make small talk and doing that kind of stuff, and like, oh, that's easy. Dude, I am well. I'm terrified of what is what is coming. What is coming in the fact that very shortly, my my oldest child will start at pre-K at mm-hmm. a real school where there are events, there are oh, things that I have to go to with other parents and discuss, and eventual play dates. This. This might be the most terrifying stage of being a parent. Like, I, I mean, I am, I, at least right now, up to this point, like, sure, newborn scary when you have your first child. All that fun stuff, toddler, they may fall, get hurt, that sort of stuff. But now, it's not even, like, the switching of schools, she's excited, yada, yada, yada. But I'm going to have to make parent friends. I don't want to have parent friends. Oh, I'm a child, Chris. Oh, I know that feeling. I am a child, kid. I'm older than you, I and have, I know that feeling, man. I have zero interest in parent friends. I have parent friends. They stink. I don't need more parent friends. Well, I, I think that goes back to the same thing. You and I often talk about the frustrations of being adults, and that, that same philosophy applies to being friends with your neighbors. And I know in your case, you know, that's an, that's an interesting <laughs> topic, but... I, I, you know, I do think that that's the same thing, especially because, especially when you're a first time home buyer or a young home buyer, it's very likely that the other people around you are older than you. So you're suddenly thrust into a position where like, oh, okay, we're all going to be friends now, I guess. It's weird, right? So like the first house we bought, it was, I mean, it was in a young-ish area. We were 25 like not old but but still like it's there's like established people who have been in that neighborhood for 25 30 years Mm -hmm. we replaced a family that had been there for 40 you know like a very long time we replaced this family that moved out but like they had a younger younger people live behind them young people that sort of lived all around and it's still it's like i I don't really want to be 
I don't want, like, it's weird that you have to do that, but then you're absolutely right. Like, moving to where we are now, it is. It's outside of, like, the people, the one people, the people who moved in right after us, Mm -hmm. directly next door, everyone else is sort of that older demographic. So Mm -hmm. it's like, ugh. Yeah. What do we do? My next door neighbor is a similar age to me, but I live in a fairly old neighborhood. And yeah. my neck my other next door neighbor is ninety, for instance. Yeah. So well, it's what, uh it's a challenge. I'm sure what's made it even harder is the COVID situation. This has made it harder for us. I'm in a red state, like, Greg. Nobody gives a shit. Well, sure. Well, regardless. Um, but I mean, that's definitely made it harder for us to be like to go out and be like, let's be friends, let's mm. like let's come over, we're gonna come over to your house, we're gonna hang out. First of all, hi, you're in your sixties. We're gonna bring our two kids over, <laughs> both under three, under four, under five, whatever the age is. Uh-huh. We're gonna bring. We're just gonna bring them over to your house. Let's hang out. And it's like, it's just weird. It's it's a weird situation. Being an adult, I think we said it right before you hit record, yeah. and it led right into this. Being an adult stinks. That's kind of it. Well, Greg, let me tell you what doesn't stink. That is the return of college football. No, it doesn't, and I'm very excited. We're going to do a bunch of picks here. A bunch, a bunch of picks. This is going to be rapid fire picks. I have got, I have got some futures open here at Bavada, some college football, uh, divisional stuff, some conference stuff. We are, if, if people listen to what you say, and I'm sure that a lot of this stuff is going to be covered uh, in the coming weeks on Better's Delight. If people listen to what you have to say, they're either going to be very rich or very poor. Because there's, be there's going to be a lot of wagers here. All right, I'm ready. By the way, first season of Better's Delight over. Yeah, came to a, came to a close. We figured we figured let's fresh uh, get a little fresh slate going for uh, for the beginning of college football and the football season as a whole. So we're gonna start up uh, start up with zero point zero records. We're bringing units into it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good thing is is we're trusting our very 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 good at math guy uh, mm-hmm. to do all that. Um, <laughs> the youngest and worst at math. Yeah, pretty much. So we'll uh, we'll. He declared, hmm, if you follow Better's Delight on Twitter, he tweeted out about who won the weekly challenge last week, and he said that Hideki Matsuyama had taken the crown for him, and he had he had taken the weekly challenge. Well, well this answers Chris, questions I had because I never knew who was doing your social, but now I very much do. <laughs> the golf tournament still had a full round left when he declared the winner. <laughs> Um, it's confidence, of, though. Well, I guess not a lot of uh, not a lot of research going into it. But I will say, I took the the crown for the season one weekly challenge. I have to I have to let uh, Mike do the the count on records. I definitely had most wins, and they'd say that it's because I picked the most games every week. But hey, listen, what are you, what are you gonna do? Win percentage, I think I took it too. But we'll see. But next now we're working on figuring out a prize or something, mm-hmm. some sort of challenge at the end, sort of maybe even. Maybe even a uh, a punishment for the person that comes. Oh, in that's land. interesting. You and I should talk about this off the air because we'll oh. you uh, we will uh, we will come to some conclusion for a good prize for you guys. All right. Well, we will we will definitely figure something out, and it, but it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting one, and we're gonna start off <laughs> brand, brand new next uh, tomorrow, I guess, or next uh, or Thursday when the show comes out. It's gonna be we're in for a fun one for sure. I think the question that everybody's wondering is, will I get an invite this season? I think you might have to. I, there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of personal life things that are coming up for for a number of different people on the show that I'm sure Wednesdays will open up, and uh, we may have to we may have to slot you in there. Zed always tries to sneak his way into the show. We had we had the uh, um, amazingness of the five person booth last. Oh, week. that's a that's horrifying. I mean, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. We actually, I kept yelling at everybody anytime somebody started to try to overstep. Um, but it did, it, it was it was a tad challenging, but mm-hmm. we kept it in order. Um, and it was all because, all because the guy who said he doesn't work on his birthday, when we were going to tape, goes, hey, you know what, I am available. And it's like, well, now what are we going to do? Like, you invited, we invited, you asked him to come on. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, well, I'm here too now. And it's like, well, you can't just tell him no. Like, I don't know. It, it, Matt's the worst. I don't know. But the, well, Mark's regar- the worst. But yeah, but I know what you're saying about Matt. <laughs> regardless, regardless, we will we will get you on for a show. There is zero doubt in my mind. 
So in order for me to win, you guys are doing this all by blah, by units. I just need to pick like, I just need to hit like insane underdogs on every bet. Yeah, pretty much. To be the season winner. Oh, to be the season winner? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you might want to give out some hefty futures. <laughs> what's, what's UNLV to win the NCAA Men's Basketball National Championship? Can I just throw out like a bunch of eight game parlay? <laughs> I mean, if you want to, just try to really stack it up. I, I, it might not be a bad strategy. I'm just trying to make my mark and whatever opportunities <laughs> I'm given, man. All right, here we are. 2021 college football season. We're going to start ACC conference winner. Clemson, the favorite, minus 750. North Carolina, plus 800. Miami, Florida, plus 900. Followed by Virginia Tech, Louisville, NC State, and the rest at Bavada. I mean, I absolutely think that Clemson's the play here. I, mm. I know you lose a lot of talent, but they you seem to lose a lot of talent every year. Obviously, this year is the biggest one because you lost Lawrence, you lost Etienne. Uh, Etienne's a tough one for the Jags fans. I, such a, I, I was not on board with him being a first-round pick. I just wasn't. Well, I don't see. I don't see anything special about him. And if you're going to take a running back in the first round, he better goddamn be special. Well, he is uh, on injured reserve. I a, mean, yeah, I, a special Liz Frank injury. Yeah, right uh, that's a tough. That's a tough one if you're the Jaguars and the Jaguars fan. Um, but. I think Clemson asked me to pick, but I'm I'm always I will forever just based off of their history, just based off of everything that every week I could see Miami on the th uh, on the on the board, and I'm going to pick mm. them to regardless of spread. It, it doesn't matter who they're playing, it, so I, I'd always I, I'd, I'd consider sprinkling on Miami just a little bit. Well, I mean, North Carolina still has Sam Hallett quarterback. They lose Javante Williams. They lose the the other running back whose name escapes me. Uh, they lose Deami Brown and the other wide receiver whose name's, name escapes me. But when you have Hal, you've got a chance. They're going to score a ton of points. You want to take a swing at uh, at the Clemson quarterback's name? No, I know, I know. DJ Uyunglele. Yeah, there you go. I I was never going to be able to pronounce that right. Uh, not even, not even a tiny bit. Is <laughs> also isn't um uh yeah D yeah Dear King is gonna come back at some point for mm. them right for Miami. Did Dear King transfer? He, no, I I think he stayed also, there after he got hurt. Did he? Yeah, I don't know. He got hurt mid season or early in the season. It was a non conference game. Uh, Derek King. Yeah, you're right. I, I thought he was talking. I guess I thought I thought he was talking about transferring, but it looks like, oh, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm confusing all of this, and the transfer was in fact to Miami. So yeah, it was Houston to Miami. Yeah, well, couldn't, couldn't get along with Dana Holgerson. Who can blame him? The, uh -huh. Let's look. Let's look at the Big Twelve at Bavada. The favorite here, Oklahoma, minus 180, followed by Iowa State, plus 275, Texas, plus 750, Oklahoma State. Plus 1,100, followed by TCU, West Virginia, Baylor, and the rest. Yeah, I mean, it feels like this is Oklahoma's conference to lose every year. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard It's kind of hard to pick against them. Like, I know Iowa State's been very good. Um, Brock Purdy. Yeah, I just, I feel like they can never get over that. They always lose, like, a dumb game. Mm. So I just I don't know if I can go against Oklahoma in this. I can't go against Oklahoma until somebody beats them or they're no longer in the Big Twelve anymore. Like that's <laughs> I have two options and three years to deal with that. So one of the two is going to change. It's just a matter of when. What do you think of Spencer Rattler? I don't think he's as good as people act like he is. I don't either. Like he was signing, he was doing the the autograph signing right when the NIL went live. And, like, people were paying big money to get the Spencer Rattler autograph. That dude got benched, like, four different times last year. Yeah, presumptive I, favorite to be the number one pick in the draft this year, but I don't I don't know. I feel like that's a lot of projection. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't necessarily see a number one pick with that. I just I just don't. I don't like the way he plays. I think he I don't think he takes care of the ball well enough. I don't know. I, we'd have to see if he takes some sort of major step, but... I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, tanking for, you know, or stinking for, no, no his last name starts with, starts with R. Uh, what is, what could we say? Hmm. You could have gone, st gone stinking for Spencer. I thought about that. Yeah. I, yeah uh, you know, rotting for Rattler. Let's do that. Rotting for Rattler. 
I'm going to get the t-shirts made before you can trademark Perfect. that. I'm fine. And we can put the profits of that towards the prize for Better's Delight. <laughs> and that those profits are probably just unsold t-shirts. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> hey guys, Chris here to let you know this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you in part by Liquid Death. Or as I prefer to say, Liquid Death. A badass pronunciation for a badass company. So let me tell you, I was walking around my uh, local convenience store this past week and uh, walking past the drink section. Did a little double take because I had no idea why a tall boy of beer seemed to be mixed in with the water. As I looked a little bit closer to investigate, I learned that it was in fact liquid death. And I don't have to tell you that I bought a couple. Why is it called liquid death, you ask? That's a fair question. Quite simply, it will eviscerate your thirst. While also doing their part to save the environment, their recyclable Tallboy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles, and they also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. I think we all just kind of assume, oh, plastic bottles, you know, I can recycle this, it's good for the environment, but that's not necessarily the case. They can only be recycled to a certain point, whereas the aluminum in these liquid death cans is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for the recycling facilities. So if you're interested in joining us on this liquid death movement to end plastic pollution, you can head out to your local Whole Foods or 7-Eleven. They're available nationwide or head over to liquiddeath.com where you can use our promo code and here's why a-n-d-h-e-r-e-s-w-h-y and that's going to get you a free koozie two-pack with purchase of a case of water they also offer free shipping on all merch and when you order two or more cases of water once again that's and here's why at liquiddeath.com check it out today liquid death i guess the next conference we have a conference uh you're a little familiar with here the big 10 with what 13 teams in it <laughs> sure math the favorite at Pavada, ohio state minus 225 followed by wisconsin plus 600 iowa plus 900 penn state plus 900 and the rest wow M no michigan in that I mean, how far? Of Michigan. Fall Michigan your... is six. They're plus twenty five hundred. Jeez. <sighs> I mean, there's just zero. Co I'm not. I'm not a guy who's going to sit here and hate on the the blue and maize, but that's terrible. What are yeah. we doing? Like, there's that little faith in Jim Harbaugh. I mean, I know he's been like flat out awful since yeah. really going there, but right to be sixth. In the Big Ten, who, who are you above? Rutgers? Uh, they are above Maryland? Rutgers. Uh, actually, no. Rutgers is not listed. Because Rutgers... Yeah, no. They're above Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Michigan State, Maryland, with... What is, what is the other Tungavailoa's name? Uh, oh. Tualia. Tualia Tungavailoa. Yeah, uh, and killed Penn State last year. Yeah, he did. And that one game, he was good. Purdue and Illinois. That is, that's bad. That's not really not bad. even as good as Michael Penix in that Indiana team. <sighs> Another guy that killed Penn State last year. Um, man, that is bad for Michigan. I mean, it, this is uh, it's Ohio State or Wisconsin. Those are the two. Penn State's never good enough. They just never are. I don't even know who their quarterback is. That's how little I care about them. It's the same Seems... one who's been there forever. Not uh, Sean Clifford? Yeah, Clifford. Clifford. It's still Clifford? I thought, I thought... No, you know what? It's the backup that transferred. Uh, Will... Yeah, I know who you're talking about. There was like that weird viral video of him throwing like practice balls like thousand miles an hour and then uh, like the next day the news came out that he was transferring wow. um yeah well that's i mean whatever we'll see for penn state they're they're just going to be frustrating as usual franklin can recruit with the best of them but can't coach better than if we could just reverse it let harbaugh come coach us mm -hmm. let franklin recruit at michigan we'd have ourselves a program let's combine the t we're combining conferences Stanford, Penn State's going to be the new Michigan, Ohio State. Apparently, when you talk about the future of college football, so <laughs> that Penn State Oregon rivalry. Yeah, honestly, if Penn State played in Oregon, I would go to Austin. That would be sick. I would uh, just old little old stomping grounds, but I'm bringing the the real football school and not the beeves. Um, yeah, that would be fun. 
That would be a lot of fun. Ohio State, I, I saw, I don't know if it was PFF or I think it was PFF. They tweeted out that people believe Ohio State has one of the best wide receiver groups that they've ever seen. Well, didn't Olave go back? He did, which was shocking. That's crazy. And they've got so, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, they're going to be very good. They're going to be really hard to beat. I don't even know who their quarterback is. Again, Ohio State's the same situation as Oklahoma. You just pencil them in because more than likely it's going to be them. Like, that's just how it's going to work. It well, takes a miracle they, to beat them. They had the uh, the kid who graduated early, Ewers, Grant Ewers. Yeah, the kid from Texas who... For, who <laughs> I didn't even know you could do this. He he, for, uh, what did he go? He forgoed his uh, well, had, senior yeah. high school. I mean, season. he had to graduate out, but he did uh, largely because he wanted to be able to make money. It's no, and he's going to be. You talk about a true freshman. He's really he's really a twelfth grader. So it's going to be interesting to see if they even have him active. I would think he's probably just a redshirt guy for this year, especially especially because you you recruit these guys thinking about how this is all going to work out, like. Player A is going to play a couple of years, graduate, then player B takes over, and then player C. When you have player A, a five-star recruit, coming in, then the next year, player A, a five-star recruit at his position, comes in, that causes problems. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, I, I don't envy college football coaches in any way. I don't know how you manage any of that at a top-tier program. Kudos to Nick Saban, who seems to somehow keep it all together. Like I don't know. Yeah, not how a lot of Alabama out transfers. No, there real there really is, and he keeps. I mean, I guess you want to win a national championship, regardless if you're the thirteenth guy on the depth chart or the guy carrying <laughs> the ball on the field. You you, you at, oh, at some point thirty years from now, you have the ring that says national champion. You could just tell anybody that you were you. Yeah, I was the long snapper. I don't know. Who cares? You know what the irony is. You know the the most famous guy to transfer from Alabama that I can think of right now? Two. Uh, how about the Philadelphia Eagles starting quarterback? Ah, oh, yeah. That's, yeah, well, <laughs> that's that's a tough one, though, because he had been there for a while. It was time. Like, I, I don't know. Honestly, it's... God damn it, Chris. <laughs> now I'm... Now I'm bummed for all... all uh, I'm, I'm buying Hurts. I'm buying Hurts to a degree that is only going to lead me to pain. I'm, I'm totally I'm, buying him. Jalen Hurts is the Philadelphia Phillies, Chris. I am up here, and if you can't see, my hand is almost touching the ceiling in my house. That's my level of confidence. Careful you don't break that one. Well, that's a good point. But that's my level of confidence here with with Jalen Hurts. I am in. I'm fully bought in. I don't care. You could tell me about throwing accuracy and whatever other BS you want to see. I am on the Jalen Hurts train. I will get my heart broken. How about that stat I sent you the other I day? Was, I flummoxed. Absolutely flummoxed. That, for those who aren't on the, the text chain with Greg and I, uh, that would be uh, the, uh, the rankings of players with the most 300-yard passing and 60-yard rushing games in a single game in NFL history. And Jalen Hurts, through four starts, is tied for fourth overall. It's insanity. And then, like the names on that list, those are not slouches. Oh, yeah. Steve Young, Michael Vick, guys like Dante Culpepper. Donovan McNabb. Donovan how dare McNabb. you? Oh, and by the way, I, I, saw, uh, I saw somebody mention the continuation of that. And randomly, two of the people that are tied for the next spot, because I think, what was it, three Eagles were on the list of like six people. Yeah. Um, two people who were tied for the next spot, Randall Cunningham and Bobby Hoying. I was, it was, I, are you either going to say Bobby Hoying or Rodney Pete? Those were the only two options I could think of. that would, would have, Because I know the Detmers didn't do it. Dougie P didn't do it. I sure as hell know Mike McMahon didn't do it. There weren't magical many other season. options. A magical season. <laughs> the Mike McMahon year? Oh, good time. I can't believe I wasted a year of football on Mike McMahon. You know what's crazy? You talk about... Vic, McNabb, Hertz all played in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Rich Gannon, a St. Joe's Gannon's prep guy. Gannon's on that list, yeah. Yeah, I mean, boo to St. Joe's prep. I, I mean, boo to Delaware. It's not that Delaware. Boo to Delaware. Yeah, I'm starting beef with Delaware. Why are we starting beef with Delaware? I don't know, because I feel like I could probably comfortably invade Delaware if it came to it. Mm, it probably would. I mean, I've lived in Delaware. It's not as hard as you think. <laughs> I don't think it's hard at all. Um, yeah. yeah. 
And by the way, Randall, looking at his stats recently, uh, I know a different era of football. Never, only threw for more than 3,400 yards one time. Was it only, with the Vikings? I'm not sure about that, but and I'll only threw for th- like his his high ever was like 3850. It had to be the year with the Vikings, right? Like, there's just no the the year where the, the what you call it year, uh, the Gary there, Anderson year. I mean, there's just no way it couldn't have been. I mean, you had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah, his or quarterbacks. Uh, th- oh my, thirty-seven oh four. Sorry. Oh, I actually must have missed this. Thirty-seven oh four was his second highest season ever. That was with the Vikings in tw- in nineteen ninety eight. He threw for 38.08 in Philadelphia in, in uh, 10 years prior to that, 1998. I mean, uh, throwing to Keith Jackson, Keith Byers, a young Chris Carter. I mean, this is... Whew. Yeah, I mean, Keith Jackson, That those are exactly exactly the, the leaders on that team, followed by Anthony Tony, Mike Quick, Ron Johnson, Greg Garrity, and uh, the great missed draft pick, Michael Haddix. Misses. Shout out Walter Ab- Abercrombie for that one catch for negative two yards. Killing me. In the books, He's in the goddamn books. I guess. He had five punt returns, too. Or kick oh. returns. 87 yards total. Along a 31. Not great. Izell Jenkins. Give me a little Izell Jenkins. Randall led the team in rushing that year. I mean, that is terrible. What are we doing? What are we Fo- doing? Followed by Keith Byers, who was, I mean, basically a fullback. I mean, Keith Byers led the team in, uh, well, he, he was second in the team in receptions and third in the receiving yards, and he was their starting running back. Jesus Christ, these late 80s Eagles teams were terrible. This was the first, this is the first year they subjected me to as a child of mm-hmm. Eagles football. This this is how I was brought into the world. My daughter... The first season that she saw, the Eagles won the goddamn Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I got this. I got Buddy Ryan in this. This is terrible. Yeah, Michael Haddock's the number eight pick in the 1983 NFL draft. Just an unmitigated bust. Only ended up with 1,600 rushing yards over a not-so-storied six-year career. That's, that's not great. To be fair, they did win the NFC East at going 10-6, and six, and they lost to the Bears in what I can only imagine is the Fog Bowl. But To be fair, the next player drafted was Bruce Matthews. Yeah, well, hey, Chris, listen, they can't all be winners. Um, that just hurts. They, like, it hurts when Bruce Matthews is that next guy. I, I mean... Literally a Hall of Famer. Jim Kelly, local kid. I mean, I know, I guess they had, they had uh, Randall, but... Uh, goes six picks later. Marino, Daryl Green. Local's a tough one. Local's a tough one. He's Brady. He's Brady isn't exactly... Pennsylvania. He's a Pennsylvania kid. I'll give you Pennsylvania. You know... I think that uh, also that Marino kid. How about the fact that at, at one point, like, Dan Marino and Jim Kelly are just running around... Uh, Pittsburgh as like 16 year olds not aware of each other. Well, you know who you know who Jim Kelly was aware of growing up? One Steve Crone. Okay. Steve uh, Steve Crone and Jim Kelly played against each other in football. Uh-huh. Played against each other in basketball. Played together in a basketball all-star game. Teammates, Chris. Teammates. Can, can I, we need to get Steve Crone on the line. I I mean, honestly, between that and playing college basketball against John Calipari, it is, there is an interesting tale. There are interesting tales that, that need to be, you know, thrown out there. Who is the most famous person you've ever played a sport against? <laughs> I mean, uh... Oof. It's Harold Minor for me. It, I mean, I, I, and non just like random pickup games. No, yeah, if you're talking about like a real, like against... Yeah. Darrell Scott, probably. D. Scott. Darrell Scott, Ron Moore, but Ron was always on my team. Yeah, like, I, won a, I won a championship with Ron. Yeah, well, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Not because of me, believe me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I was. I it, yeah, those are probably the two most famous people I played with or against in like actual games. 
I'm trying to think if I ever played with uh, with or against anyone in like men's leagues or anything like that, but nobody that I can think of. D. Scott, I, I wouldn't mention this if it didn't have a positive outcome to it. One of the more interesting turnarounds of a human being that I've ever known could not stand him when he was young. Just could not stand him. Thought he was like an arrogant jerk. Uh, <laughs> turned, I didn't deal with him much. Turned into playing like a super, super, super good guy. I yeah. mean, aren't we all jerks when we're young, though? I mean, I absolutely was not, sir. I was a very kind, friendly man. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, of course we were. What are you talking about? That's the, that's the arrogance of youth, though. Yeah. That's how that works. Weirdly enough, like once he got drafted, all of a sudden, like just like a super good guy who's just no, no, no ego at all. Nah, I, I don't know. I've never had anything but nice dealings with him. It's been a very long time since I've seen him, but, you know. He's, yeah, I mean, he used to run into him all the time because his mom worked where she worked. Won't dox anybody here. Ah, hey, listen, I hear you. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, not, and it's certainly not a bad place to work by any stretch. That's no, not why I'm not saying. E- no, not even a little bit. No. Um. Anyway, let's go to... Uh, we're getting... I, I know you're going to look that up and you're going to say, I hated the fact that I had to watch him play for the Giants. Oh, me too. It's very frustrating and annoying. Me too. Uh, it's, and weirdly, like, uh, there's just a history of people I know playing for the Giants. Like, um, my buddy Sean Burton, Giant for three years. That's It's just a weird, it's a weird, random kind of thing. Very much so. These guys, I don't know. Whatever. Congrats to to all of those. Sean was. Uh, I always like to say Sean was Philip Rivers' captain at NC State. I guess I went to. I mean, I guess I went to school with a guy who's now a defensive line coach for the Ravens. Won a Super Bowl as a coach, which is interesting. I don't know. That's probably the. Well, that's I went not to really school. I went to, well, yeah. Like I had, I had, I had salmon, salmons. Yeah, that's true. And just running into that guy at Wawa multiple times count? <laughs> <laughs> John's he was John was always super nice though. I remember like I was very, very young and I went up to him when he when he uh announced he was going to Miami. I was like, Why are you going to Miami, sir? <laughs> and he was very he was very nice, very cool. Um so what are you gonna do? Uh, and I don't know. I've I've had runnings. I've had uh, de- running into with his uh, cousin, uh, the brother, the older brother of another person we've mentioned already uh, over the years. But John was always a uh, John was always great. Um, all right. So yes, that a bit of it, a bit of a sidestep. Just a tiny bit. Darrell Scott won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Good for you, Scott, man. I mean, that is. I completely forgot. All right, reg- all right, regardless, congratulations. I completely forgot about that. Uh, I'm 33 sitting here with a broken arm. You know what would make it feel better, Chris? Super Bowl ring, beating the Patriots. Wait, do you not have Bowl. one? I, I do not, and that's how this is going to end. Unreal. I gotta get the coach. <laughs> Are you killing yourself? Is that no. what's going on? <laughs> no. Because no, if I don't you're going to do that, like, can you at least upload the episode? First? I can do that, but I'm not finding my way into an NFL coaching staff anytime soon. I'll tell you that. I think you have a shot. You know what we need to player. do? We need to become alternate broadcasters, work for the team. Team wins the Super Bowl. We get a ring. Can, uh, can I tell you, I saw last year uh, that on League Pass... They were doing these like alternate broadcasts with a lot of times it was like Danny, like Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue. Don't know who those people are. They're, they're both from, um, real GM maybe. Uh, and, and Danny, Danny was in, was in the uh, podcast one sports net challenge with me, the NFL picks challenge for a handful of years, along with guys like TI and Adam Carolla and Shaq and, you know, just my, my, my colleagues. Obviously. But, um, I always thought, why is nobody letting us do that? It would be, we would be spectacular. It would be occasionally unlistenable, and sometimes we'd just be talking about like angels in the outfield. But it would yes. be, it would be so much fun. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's and I've actually thought about this. Like I've thought about doing like, as we figure out. I don't want to give ideas out here, 
but let's not kid ourselves. I'm probably never going to implement it. So, uh, and we're at the 47 minute mark and statistically this is when people are probably not listening anymore. So, uh, I've thought about as we try to expand the YouTube side and the streaming side of the brand, I've thought about like doing like, uh, our own like alternate commentaries for like stream stuff streaming on Twitch. Just like stream sporting events on Twitch. That would be interesting. I think that'd be fun. And the problem is it's like, it's a one-time only thing. Cause you get copyrights, right? Struck the moment you tried to put it on YouTube, but you can usually get away with just doing it on Twitch. And just discussing it. Eh, we can figure it out. Well, I mean, we'd actually be showing the event. Ah, is that legal? That's that's the problem. Well, that's what I'm saying. You get away with it in some fair use stuff, but yeah, you can't ever record it or make money off of it. Is the problem? Yeah, it's a tough one. But it's you know, we'd have fun though. It's a fun. It would be a fun thing just to like for like a draft or something like or a super or like a big football game. That'd be fun. I don't yeah, R.I.P. Royal Rumble commentaries. Absolutely. Yeah, they did. YouTube did not let me upload that. Um, yeah, especially insane, especially since other people did exactly the same thing. And then I got, they're just like, Oh, you don't have the the copyright here, dude. Yeah. Vince said it was fine. Dude. Speaking of Vince, my man is in some trouble. Shout out AEW. AEW is the truth. It is back. You know why it's back? CM Punk. CM Punk, Chris. CM Punk is back seven years. I lived in fucking Oregon. The last time this dude wrestled. I, I've been home for multiple years. And now he's finally back. He's in AEW. It's going to be so much goddamn fun. That crowd was electric. And I don't care if anybody thinks wrestling's dumb. It is. I love it. I don't care. Uh, it, it, But it is back. CM Punk being back is so goddamn fun. It is going to be awesome. He crashed the, t- the wrestling t-shirt website. He crashed it for almost 24 hours. That's how fuck up. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how excited. I know it's like late night here. It's after dark commentary. It really is. Greg is not really a is. Greg is not much of a cursor, and this is well, this just shows a, you how on, excited he is. Not on recording, almost yeah. never. But it is. Yeah, it is. It, this it, we are starting to feel a lot like 1996, 97, 98 wrestling. At least from one side of the fight. The other side of the fight. Put on like a four and a half hour pay per view on Saturday night that was ungodly boring. Even the main event with Wasn't John JC Cena back? and Roman yeah. Reigns. Yeah, Cena had a sick T shirt too. I would have purchased this T shirt. It's like him in like Super Mario Three. Oh yeah, Super I Mario, saw that. Dude, yeah, yeah, the you're shirt was right. sick. Can't couldn't find it anywhere on their website. Now they may have updated it since then, but I was interested four days ago in potentially buying that shirt. I'm not interested now. Well, you, you know, lost some money, WWE. Listen, I, that, I, that was a phase I went through when I lived in Oregon because I just had nothing going on, and I just had a bunch of money because of work. That's all I did was just work and come home and hang out and watch TV with my then-girlfriend fiancé. It was, uh, you know, it's a whole thing. I feel like you dangled some stuff there. Was your girlfriend's name fiancé? No, also, my girlfriend who then became where... my fiancé all while living in Oregon. <laughs> Also, where uh, I, I believe you had a dog in the mix too. That was a big part of your life. That's true. She came in a year into that though, and those, t- that T-shirt thing, that T-shirt thing started like right away. Mm-hmm. Well, now we all know that. Is. Now we yeah. all know that. Uh, <laughs> let's get a couple more picks in before we get sure. out of here, Gregory. Pac-12 conference winner at Bavada. Oregon plus two fifty, Washington plus three fifty, USC plus four hundred, Utah plus four hundred, Arizona State plus five hundred, UCLA plus twelve hundred, and the rest. This is tight. This is a fun one. It is. Well, the Pac twelve is always fun. Like they, they love to beat up on each other, right? There are. It's it's crazy how quickly they uh, eliminate their best teams from playoff contention every single year. Yeah, because. It is just it is just a complete nightmare sometimes uh, late night in the Pac-12. I'm interested in that UCLA team. Chip Kelly's been there a while. They were better last year for sure than they had been the previous year. I'm very inter- interested to see where they go. Um, 
The Beavs, I'm always going to be partial to the Beavs. I don't know where they are on the on the rankings. Very here. low. Plus 4,400. Worst, only two Arizona at plus 8,000. Yeah, it's a tough one. Listen, Bovada, a little bit of respect for the Beavs. Uh, I think that's too much respect, quite frankly. It probably is. They, they, they probably aren't going to be very good, but I'm still going to be... I'm, I'm always going to champion the Beavs. I'll gladly take them plus... 37 and a half in the, in the, well, I guess it's the, I don't know what they call it now. They don't call it the civil war game anymore. It's like mm. the budding rivalry or something. I have no idea. It's something different now, but um, in that game uh, that, that I'm still going to take them constantly. Uh, but I think, I think it's really sort of a two horse, a two horse race, one that USC can maybe sneak into, but Frankly, I don't know if USC's fans want them to sneak into it because all they want to do is fire Clay Helton. That's it's true. That's all they've been trying to do, and they're like always just good enough to bring him back. Yeah. Um, you got I think, Keaton Slovis, a quarterback. Yeah, I, I think I think USC could potentially sneak in, but I think I think it's 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 either Oregon or Washington's conference to lose. Uh, Washington's a weird situation. You know, you're you're. Did they switch coaches recently? Because what's his name stepped down, and then mm. they had the new guy come in. I, but to me, I think it's got to be Oregon. I don't know how. I don't know how it could be anybody else. All right. I hate it because then I got. Well, I don't live there anymore. When I did, you, all you would see when the Ducks were good, it was just Ducks gear everywhere. Yeah, Twenty minutes ago, you were wearing a, a, an Oregon State Brandon oh. Cooks jersey. Now all of a sudden, you got a Mariota jersey on. Because the Ducks scored. I don't know what's going on. Somebody pick a side. I've told this story a bunch, but the thing that always drove me absolutely up a goddamn wall when I lived in Pennsylvania was any time Villanova got good, as you would be further and further into the tournament, all of a sudden more Villanova fans would come out of the woodwork and more people would be hanging Villanova banners and wearing Villanova hats Hey, if you're not here at the start, I don't want you there at the end. Oh, you sons sure. of bitches. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Because that, sh- that shit happens all the time. It happens all the time with that stuff. And it's the worst. Like, listen, I enjoy the fact that Villanova, uh, that Villanova, like, city school, well, I guess not city school, suburb school, but, you know, long time Philadelphia you know what I mean mm-hmm. them winning national championships is awesome it's great I will cheer for them I'll root for them in the you know in the national championship game 8500 student body school well undergrad school yeah and they're and they win two out of three national championships yeah I will not you will not find me unless I'm antagonizing Coletta uh, Temple alum unless I'm antagonizing him with the V's up stuff and all the, the national championship stuff and how they're the way more relevant basketball program. John Cheney was a fraud, yada, yada, yada. Shots fired. Uh, oh, no, I mean, I've been on the John Cheney was a fraud campaign forever. Uh, there are so many legendary coaches that were absolute frauds and never won anything. Mm. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, not the time. Not the time. But regardless, um, John Cheney was an excellent coach. I just like to, to call him a fraud to make Mark really mad. It's very mm. funny. Yeah, um, screw you, Mark. Yeah, well, what can you're you the, do? You're the worst part of better story. <laughs> um, but in reality, uh, yeah, I I, can't, I never understood wearing stuff that wasn't like being a fan of somewhere you didn't go or yeah. didn't have at least have an association with. Like I have my associations. It's I have the Philly sports teams. Allie worked at Delaware, so if Delaware's fun, I'm in on Delaware. Mm-hmm. If if uh. You know, same thing with Oregon State, same thing with Penn State. You know, there's, you know, all that stuff. Like, I have those affiliations. Those well, are the teams going to buy. You went to Penn buy. State, so. Well, yeah, I, under, I understand. Yeah, yeah. You, no, no, no. You've earned that one. Right. I was, like, I was a Penn State football fan just because it was the, the closest good football school. Yeah, that's fine. I could understand that. That's, no, I'm fine But I wasn't that. wearing the shirts. Yeah, but you're not going to catch me in a Rutgers thing. And I had a Rutgers <laughs> association. I'm not wearing Rutgers jerseys or hats. It's not happening. I'm buying you a Rutgers hat. Oh God, I think I have one upstairs. And Rutgers sneakers. Did I need to, that? I. You know what's funny? The sneakers that I definitely have upstairs that I found, I got from a Rutgers athletic sale. They were selling old, like not old equipment, but like unused equipment that they needed to get rid of because of whatever some sort of change or something like that. And that's where I got them. From. Sure. 
I didn't wear them, and I broke my wrist. That's how that worked. Lesson learned. Show your Rutgers fandom. (laughs) Uh, I want to get a couple more in before we leave. SEC conference winner at Bavada. Alabama, minus 170. Georgia, plus 200. Texas A&M, plus 9. Florida, plus 17. LSU, plus 17. The great Ole Miss, plus 2,800, and the rest. Who's going to take the SEC? I mean, until... Someone dethrones Alabama. I don't know how you pick anyone else. And yeah. that, like, obviously their quarterback is unproven. You don't really know what you have there, even though he's making a million plus dollars in endorsements. Uh, that like, uh, that apparently is not true. Well, regardless, you know what I I'm mean. I'm sure he's doing perfectly well, but I think I saw some reports that those numbers were decently inflated. Yeah, but you throw that out there as sort of a it's a recruiting tool comment. Absolutely. Buddy Saban knows what he's doing. Five oh, yeah. D chess. Uh, I don't think it's even that. I think it's far more straightforward than that. But yeah, <laughs> he's all right. He's like two steps ahead. He's also, like, what's can, the fifth like dimension? I, I just read dumb people on the internet and they talk about five D chess all the time. What's five? Four um, D chess. Four, yeah, whatever. Four, I, what's five? the fourth dimension, Greg? I don't know. I didn't watch Star Trek. It's it's no. It's a real thing. It's not just Star Trek. I, I know. I have no idea. It's time. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense, I guess. Um, I have no idea. I have no. This has devolved into some area. No, I that think I this have... is exactly where the show was always going. <laughs> um, yeah, me trying to describe what dimensions are: uh, <laughs> height, weight, um, I, I don't know, circumference. Uh, yeah, but re- exactly regard- what we're talking about. <laughs> regardless, um, I, I think Alabama's Alabama's got to be the play, and if you're going to go anywhere else. Like, I don't know what Florida's QB situation is going to look like. That's going to be up in the air, sort of. You know, you're trying to replace Trask. <sighs> Texas A&M. Oh, I completely forgot Kyle Trask went pro. Yeah. I mean, Where Texas a and Dra- I forget Kyle who Trask? took him. He's some- he might be in Atlanta. That he sounded might- right to me, too. But they have, like, Felipe Franks as the backup quarterback there. Arkansas's fine. He's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Ah, good for Kyle Trask. Yeah, learn, learn from learn from Brady. Um, yeah, then I don't really know where you go. I really don't like. I mean, you could you could say Texas A and M, Jimbo Fisher, but like they always seem to falter when it matters. Yeah, and same with Georgia. Like you have no faith in Georgia to win the SEC championship. J T Daniels. Uh, yeah, no thanks. Alabama lay the juice. Probably safe. Um. These are all divisions, divisions, big, that's a boring one. All right, let's just, let's go to the granddaddy of them all. Uh, The 2021-2022 NCAA National Champion, Bavada has your your lay the juice, Alabama Crimson Tide, the favorites, plus 250, followed by Clemson, plus 375. I feel like we've seen that game recently. Yeah. Georgia plus 550, Ohio State at 6, Oklahoma at 7, Texas A&M plus 25. Uh, Boy, there's really a jump after those top five. So we'll just leave it to Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, unless you have somebody else you like. God, I hate to do it. I hate them. But the value's there in Ohio State. It just is. I don't care who their quarterback is. They have so much talent around that team. They're a factory, Chris. They were they are what's known as a football factory. No, not the really, really, really terrible Green Street Hooligans knockoff football factory, but they are a legitimate football factory. They just produce wins. They make the college football playoff, and I could very, very, very well see them holding what should be the Crystal Ball Trophy, but is now just some I don't know some goofy looking cylinder uh, at the end of the year. Uh, the starting quarter, that's going to be, it's, uh, the kid Stroud, right? J- uh, CJ yeah. Stroud is the starter. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I hate them and they'll probably win a national championship because of it. Master Teague is one of the absolute great names in all of sports. Uh, boy, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Marvin Harrison Jr. is there. Julian Fleming, uh, the, um, Smith, the, um, not Najiba. I, for, I forget what the other... It's a hyphenated name. That that receiver core is absurd. I'm just glad to have Marvin Harrison Jr. out of the Philadelphia Catholic League. 
He was the bane of my existence for the LaSalle Explorers. So I'm fine. I'm fine with getting him to Ohio State. Now he can ruin my college football Saturdays after he was done ruining my college, my high school football Fridays. Yeah. How about the fact that he's already like significantly bigger than his father? It's pretty crazy that I wasn't sure that he was out of high school yet until you just said it. So, yeah, yeah. true, true freshman, and apparently has played really, really well so far. I think he was uh, he was an early enrollee. I mean, he was very good. He was very good in high school. So I can only imagine. You know, I mean, when you're learning from arguably one of the best wide receivers of all time, it's how could you not be good? Uh, looking at it now, he caught seven passes, including a touchdown in the spring game. So. Uh, ready to play is Mr. G- Mr. Harrison Jr. Who's like, it's weird looking at these guys like, oh man, he's such a good player. And he's like 18. Maybe he just turned 18. It's so weird. That, Chris, that's what happens when you're old, buddy. That's where we're at. I don't care for it. All right. No. That's it. That's it for this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. For Greg Crow and I'm Chris Horwardell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time.